0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Murderous Affair. My name is Gabrielle, and it is week three of October, which means that we are officially two more weeks away from the best holiday of the year, Halloween. My favorite holiday, if you can't tell. I'm so excited for this episode, as I say every episode, but this one I'm really excited for because I found a story that feels so notorious and recent that I have no idea how I'd never heard of it. And we're going to talk about the murderous first this episode, before the mythology. All right, you ready? Let's do this. theme is brought to us by the tale of Baba Yaga. And imagine my surprise when I found out that there's actually a Russian serial killer who is nicknamed Baba Yaga. She was 68 years old when she was arrested in 2015, which makes her close to like 72 right now. And her real name is Tamara Samsonova. Her story is one that is also full of mystery. For example, did she really cannibalize parts of her victims? All right, some quick resources for you guys. I got a lot from Killer Cloud, Serial Killers, about Tamara Samsonova. Um, I found Wikipedia, of course. Britannica had some awesome resource about Baba Yaga. And then the ancientorigins.net had a whole analysis of Baba Yaga and like the Slavic folklore. So if you guys are interested in reading more than what I covered today, I would highly suggest you check those resources out. But... Let's get into the story. So Tamara Samsonova was born on April 25th, 1947 in the town of Uzer. Also, these are a lot of like Slavic and Russian names, so I'm sure I'm going to be pronouncing them wrong and I am sorry for that. But just a heads up, I already know, I'm sorry, I'm doing my best. (laughs) According to Wikipedia, which was the only reference that I could really find talking about her early life... After Samsonova finished high school, she moved to Moscow and attended the Moscow Linguistic University. She graduated from the college and moved to St. Petersburg, where she met her husband, Alexei Samsonov. They moved to a newly built house on Dmitrov Street in 1971. Something that's mentioned a lot is that early in her life, she worked in the Grand Hotel in Europe as part of the in-tourist travel agency. I guess in that industry, it was normal for employees to work there for like a couple of years, like two or three... But Samsonova left an impression because she worked there for about 16 years. We're jumping around a little bit in time, but in the year 2000, Samsonova's husband, Alexi, disappears. Now she's frantic, appealing to police and begging them to find him. However, all the searches and everything they do lead to nothing at all. Eventually, she began renting out a room in the house that she lived in to a 44-year-old man was known as Volodya. He was from Norilsk, which is another city in Russia that's above the Arctic Circle, and one day he goes missing and is also never found. Surprisingly, she never actually reports him missing either. It's just kind of noticed by neighbors that his presence is no longer there. In 2015, Samsonova met Valentina Nikolaev Ulanova when a mutual friend asked if Samsonova could stay with Olanova because her apartment was undergoing renovations. There's also other sources who say at that point, Samsonova was also working as a caretaker for Olanova, who was 79 years old. And this is where Samsonova comes to the attention of the police. One day, Olanova's social worker came by to check on her, and Samsonova refused to let her in the building. So, heard the social worker called the police. So the police confront her, And then find that on the CCTV security cameras, she was filmed carrying two enormous trash bags that had a suspicious trail leaking from them from the apartment building. So, the police arrest her at this point, and this is where her full story unfolds. When police come to the apartment of Ulanova, they find traces of blood. They also find the same at Samsonova's old apartment with other trace evidence, including the fabric that she used to help hide the body. It's when they take Samsonova down to the police station that she admits that she has murdered not just Olanova, not just her previous tenant, known as Volodya, and not just her husband, but up to 10 people! Okay, so, in interrogation, Samsonova admits that she did not want to leave Olanova's apartment. She liked living there too much, and even after hers was finished with the renovations, she wanted to stay and live there. This led to an argument that Samsonova decided needed drastic action. So one night, she buys Olanova's favorite type of salad and doses it with sleeping medication. After Olanova eats it and falls into a deep sleep, Samsonova then hacks her body apart and begins to wrap it in curtain material that she tears from the windows. Then she transfers those body parts, then she transferred those body parts into black trash bags and took them out of the building. She also boiled Olanova's head and hands, which was supposedly to help her stop from being recognized, and what's even worse is that it's suspected that she cannibalized some of the internal organs. There were parts of the lungs that were missing completely from where the body was recovered, and Samsonova didn't dispute detectives when they asked her about it. At this point, her own apartment is searched, and that's when they find her diary. Specifically, the diary that refers to her other victims, such as one Volodya, In her diary, there is an entrance that reads, I killed my tenant Volodya, cut him to pieces in the bathroom with a knife, put the pieces of his body in plastic bags, and threw them away in the different parts of the district. So, you know, you can't get any more honest than that. But, and this is where the story gets a little tricky to track. Apparently, she also admitted to these 10 other murders that are written about in the diary. Starting from 1995, there are also some unsolved murders that seem to fit the pattern in which she killed her victims. And at least one of them can be traced back to her. There was a man whose body was found mutilated divided into separate black trash bags on the same street that she lived on. His business card was later found in Samsonova's apartment when it was searched. But, since these murders are unsolved, police have not yet released details on which murders they suspect her for, only that she was suspected for at least four additional murders, as well as the others that she had confessed to or written about. When she was arrested, it's reported that she was more upset about the fact that there were cameras present and her neighbors would become aware of what she had been arrested for, than the fact that she was being arrested for committing multiple murders. Her neighbors were also interviewed by the media because of course they were. And one neighbor, Marina Kurvenko, who knew Samsonova for 15 years, said that she was obsessed with the notorious mass murderer Chicatillo, who was executed in 1994. He was known as a bloodthirsty maniac who dismembered and ate his victims and was the cause of at least 52 deaths over a period of a dozen years. In an interview, the neighbor said that she, quote, gathered information about him and how he committed his murders. She was also obsessed with black magic literature. I came here to live with my husband and I used to go to Tamara's flat and call from her phone. She looked a lot better 15 years ago and her flat too was a lot more attractive than now. She looked after her appearance and had this weird habit of sitting topless with her back to the window making sure that her silhouette was seen by the neighbors. And the neighbor weirdly also admitted that her husband found Samsonova's nude body quite attractive. So that's an interesting side note. Samsonova also apparently had really good English and German in addition to her Russian, and parts of her diary is written in those languages. And parts of her diary are written in those languages. Now, Marina Kravenko also admits that Samsonova borrowed one of her hacksaws some years ago and never returned it. So after she was taken into custody, Apparently Samsonova told the journalists and reporters there that, quote, "...I knew you would come. It's such a disgrace for me. All the city will know." And then, on her way into court, she blew a kiss to the reporters. The judge invited Samsonova to actually address the court. Her her reply was, quote, it's stuffy in here. Can I go out? And then she added, I was getting ready to this court action for dozens of years. It was all done deliberately. There is no way to live. With this last murder, I close the chapter. And at this point, the judge asked, I am asked to arrest you. What do you think? And Samsonova replied, you decide, your honor. After all, I am guilty and I deserve a punishment. When he announced that she would be, you know, held in custody, she apparently smiled and clapped her hands. Yeah. So since her arrest, Samsonova has been kept in a specialized hospital for compulsory psychiatric treatment. And that is the horrifying story of Russia's Baba Yaga serial killer, also known as the Granny Ripper, Tamara Samsonova. A question is, why was she called Baba Yaga? And that's a great question. So let's get into the mythology. The tale of Baba Yaga has its roots in Russian folklore. And she's often described as an old, distorted woman who steals away, cooks, and eats her victims. Which are usually children. She lives in the forest in a hut that spins constantly on skinny chicken legs for wheels. Um, There's also a fence surrounding her house that has human skulls topping it. And Baba Yaga can also fly through the air either in an iron kettle or in a mortar that she drives with a pestle, which just sounds extremely complicated. I mean, I can barely handle playing any kind of first-person video games with a controller. I can't imagine what it's like trying to drive with a pestle. Baba Yaga's story is really interesting because even though she's portrayed as being this so-called evil woman, in the stories that she's in, she's actually pretty morally ambiguous. So one of the stories and this is the one that I got from the Ancient Origins site. One of the stories that Baba Yaga first appears in is Vasilisa the Beautiful, which is kind of like a Cinderella story. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the summary that they have there. Vasilisa is a girl with a magical doll whose mother died and father remarried to a horrible woman with equally unkind daughters. When Vasilisa's father goes away for a trip, the new stepmother sells their house and moves her and the three girls to a cottage in the woods giving the daughters impossible tasks to complete by candlelight. So it's when Vasilisa ventures out of the house at the demand of her stepsisters to find more light that she encounters Baba Yaga, who presents numerous difficult chores to Vasilisa in exchange for a fire to take back to her house. With the aid of her magical doll, Vasilisa completes all of the tasks and is given a fire in a skull lantern, which incinerates her horrible new family when she returns home. Now, somehow, Vasilisa's story ends on a happy note with her wedding to the Tsar of Russia... But Baba Yaga definitely has an interesting role in her story. Um, she kind of acts as both like an obstacle and a savior because without the lantern, Vasilisa would have been stuck with her cruel stepfamily. However, um Baba Yaga frees her in this terrible and immoral way which shows that she could be definitely a dangerous woman. She kind of varies between acting as like a benefactor and a villain. Either she helps the hero of the story or she stops him or her. Um, she never really goes after anyone unprovoked. So that is one thing that she definitely differs from when it comes to Tamara Samsonova. But she does appear to follow little or few morals. However, she does keep whatever promises that she makes to the hero after his or her completion of the tasks. Um, a lot of the times Baba Yaga is considered to be actually kind of like this representation of Mother Nature. Someone who's kind of neither good nor bad, um, but just is kind of whatever the story needs her to be. So I thought that was very interesting too. That. It's our episode today, ladies and gentlemen. The story of Russian's very own Baba Yaga, Tamara Samsonova, and the mythology behind Baba Yaga herself. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I would love to know what you think of it. If you guys have any more information you'd like to share about Baba Yaga or about Tamara Samsonova, please let me know. You can reach me at Frumius Reads on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to hear me talk about books, then make sure you check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Frumius. But that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye.